0: Welcome back to the
1: MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how to market in an industry that I am very unfamiliar with, fintech. Joining us is Jeremy Krantz, who's the Director of Marketing at Fintrix, which is the leading family office data research intelligence platform for the alternative investment industry and private capital markets. Yesterday, Jeremy told us about the landscape for marketing in the fintech space, and today he's going to share his digital marketing playbook and channel mix that he applies at Fintrix. Okay. Here is the second part of our interview with Jeremy Krantz, Director of Marketing at Fintrix. Jeremy, welcome back to the Martech Podcast.
2: Hey, how's it going?
1: Great to reconnect. And I'm excited to hear a little bit more about how you're using digital marketing in the finance industry. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about the overall landscape, some of the classes of assets, and got into some details about what Fintrix does and how you're trying to make connections between people that are searching for capital kind of on the hush-hush and how you're connecting them with extremely high net worth individuals. Today, I want to dig a little bit more into your approach and marketing strategy. So you mentioned that you're relatively new in the role and that you've been working in the fintech space for a little over six months. I'm curious to hear about what were the things that you did when you first got to the organization in terms of your campaign setup and your channel mix?
2: kind of basics to keep in mind is we're a startup. So the first thing I did is kind of figure out where we're at. So did an internal audit of an, our now old website. We actually relaunched our website in February. I'm trying to figure out, you know, I have a finite budget. Every single dollar counts. How can I best spend it moving forward while not hindering the flow of leads and also looking at things that weren't prioritizing that on top of everything else?
1: So when you look under the hood, what were some of the things that you find as you're Getting ready to migrate to a new site, where were you collecting data? Where did you have to focus?
2: Well, we use HubSpot. HubSpot actually has some pretty decent reports, internal reports on page linking, page structure, just stats as far as what popular block pieces are out there, what pages do well and generate leads essentially. I looked at our products and what we had to offer. Once I got to understand the product and the space a little bit better, using tools like SEM Rush, Moz, I used Ahrefs as well just kind of looking at what the landscape's like and what competitors are doing or not doing, and also looking at outside, basically, news coverage to see was it a sleepy category? Hint, it is. It's a very sleepy category. Family offices do not like the spotlight, so there's not a ton of coverage around the space. So using all of those different data points, I basically helped redesign a brand new website, which we launched in February, that solved for a lot of things. It solved duplicate content issues, we got people information much quicker and repositioned the products so that we could showcase our database first and foremost.
1: So essentially, when you looked under the hood, the first thing you did was looked at your website performance to understand what were the high value pages. You then did an SEO audit using a cobbled together set of SEO optimization tools to understand what organic traffic you were driving, and then started thinking about how you can clean up the website and really focused on making sure that you were putting the correct message first and foremost. In your case, it was to highlight the database that you've built. Correct.
2: We kind of have a newer model here, which is we're only as good as our database and our product. So how do we communicate that? It's one thing to have a database. It's another thing to actually showcase how much of the database you have and how good quality it is.
1: The thing that I appreciate about that is you is you know—you you—you looked at the existing assets to try to learn what was successful. You're doing an audit and you're not starting from square one. You're not trying to take away what's been successful. I noticed that you're focused on things like organic traffic when you're doing your SEO audit. Talk to me a little bit about the channel mix. You were looking at what's driving traffic to you, understanding how you can optimize. You rebuilt your web page, you use your data to reposition. How have you layered on top of that?
2: Actually, one of the big things I had to do very early on is not only did we change websites, but part of that, we also changed domain names. <laughs> so, one of the first things I did is try to figure out how to minimize any kind of damage to our rankings or visibility this would have. This is pretty much a perfect nightmare for anybody starting.
1: Site migration sucks. We're about to go through it now. We're on the benjshap.com domain, which is my consulting company. And we're going to move the Martech podcast to the Martech pod domain. So all of our links can be similar. It's a nightmare.
2: Good luck. Thanks. Get those ones ready. Yep. (laughs) So it was a team effort, but we got it done in record time. I mean, the new website was built and launched in seven weeks, I think, which was insane. From scratch, custom mm-hmm. templates. So that was pretty awesome. But really what it was is looking at minimizing damage above everything else. What are our top keywords? So I use Search Console, obviously. Analytics isn't really taught me much anymore, just like everybody else. I used uh, Ahrefs. I used SEM Rush to also kind of keep track of things very, very closely as well. I used Spicer. There's another one. I have it set to like every three, four days.
1: What is that tool and what does it do? I've never heard of that one.
2: It's just a ranking tracker, just an additional one. Mm-hmm. I like to have multiple data points for rankings because depending on where a server is, where it's running to query, the rankings are a bit different.
1: I'm a little biased. I am a big fan of search Metrics. I'll throw out the caveat that they are a consulting client for me and they put all of the tool sets together so you can use it from all within one universe as opposed to taking disparate data sources. But okay, it's a ranking tracker.
2: Search marketing now is just kind of the law of averages. Search as a results pages have different formats. As you might know, Google Ads dropping the average position. So very much on the organic side, if you look at rankings by the number always, it doesn't work that way. If it's reading outside and you're on a Mac, you might see different rankings. Somebody at Windows computer in the snowy area of Colorado. It's just the way it is. So having multiple data points or multiple tools, that's more or less the way to go, in my opinion, and looking at averages over time.
1: So once you made the migration and you streamlined your content and you got rid of some of the duplicate content, right? You cleaned up your house and you minimize the impact that you're going to lose from making the migration. Once you get past that point and you have your new website launched, a special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know What's your go forward strategy, right? You have now an, a more streamlined asset. How are you trying to drive incremental traffic to that new website?
2: That's through our new content strategy, which I've defined. So we have I've set goals for myself and for the team. Moving forward, every month, we need to have X amount of pieces out. We have our interview series, which is a new one I mentioned yesterday to you on the podcast, which is just reaching out and finding people who work with family offices or ultra high net worth individuals and creating anywhere from five to 10 custom questions around what they do what their challenges are. So most recently we've had lawyers, the first two or three of them. We're now switching into more family offices as well, including one that co-invests quite a bit. So that should be coming out soon as well. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of family office content out there. There's a couple of them that they deals that they make that goes out into the news here and there. But other than that, it's a very sleepy category. So instead of waiting on Bloomberg or Forbes to cover that space, we decided that we're just going to start covering it.
1: You felt that there was an industry-wide content gap for the area of business that you were focusing on for family offices. So you first, once you had your new website up, decided that you were going to focus on your content strategy, right? Improving your reach by embellishing what you're doing on the organic side. Did you do performance marketing to supplement that?
2: A little bit. What my challenge was, is like trying to figure out what people want to read about into space. What are people hungry for? And then essentially feeding that, whether or not it lines up with our sales goals, to be perfectly honest. It doesn't always have to be about our product. It really doesn't. Content is great and it feeds into it over time. Sure. But becoming a position player that's seen as an authority into space is equally as important as sales.
1: So you're awareness building, you're using your content to try to grow your organic reach and to help people understand that you are an influencer in the family office space. Talk to me about how you're evaluating the performance of that content. And then when you start to do your performance marketing, how are you thinking about managing multi-channel attribution?
2: So HubSpot has its limitations. Some things integrate very well. LinkedIn ads, fantastic. Google ads, great. But Microsoft Advertising or Cora or any of the other channels, they don't. You have to use UTM strings. It's a little bit murkier. But luckily, it does do a pretty good job picking up on different sources and channels. And I have a set of custom dashboards in there where I can see everything from our lead scoring back to different channels. So you know, if we have great leads for how many percent are from Google versus Bing versus Twitter, you get the idea. It does do some heavy lifting there, but right now we're in flux trying to launch more aggressively in different areas. LinkedIn advertising is something we're going to grow significantly into, especially as peak ROI is far behind us on Google ads. It's just becoming so expensive.
1: So talk to me about why your channel mix was mostly organic. And then it seems like on the performance side, you're, you're testing a lot of channels, right? You're not investing a ton into each one. Why are you taking a very diversified approach to performance marketing, and why did you prioritize your organic growth first?
2: I'm actually going to counter, and maybe I misspoke, but most of our heavy lifting is Google Ads right now.
1: Okay, so you are doing a fair amount of performance marketing.
2: Yeah. Google Ads is our number one source of beat today, Mm -hmm. but CPCs have crawled up significantly we're starting to see a point now where it's just getting very expensive because ultimately the barrier of entry on there is pretty low, right? Anybody can launch a Google Ads account in a matter of hours and get going on that. So now what we're doing is I'm starting to take money out of that and I started to do a few sprints in different channels. Hero Conf last week in Philly connected with a lot of great minds and saw a lot of great presentations around B2B SaaS and how that plays out on different channels outside of Google Ads. So in the next few weeks, we'll definitely be launching a lot of new campaigns. And I'm very excited to even start doing some remarketing on things like Quora, which is still very new. I think that they could bring some significant financial traffic.
1: Talk to me about how you think the channels that you're testing across the multiple social networks perform specifically in the finance industry. Do you think that there is a better fit for finance in LinkedIn than there is in Twitter? just broadly marketing for the fintech space, what do you think the right allocation should be across the multiple PPC channels?
2: So LinkedIn, obviously, depending on your audience targeting, could be very, very effective. But again, the more granular you get with your audience filters and your parameters, the smaller your audience is. Again, you're gonna reach a point where you're you're gonna have scalability issues. And that's really what's happened with our Google Ads account, I think, is we've gotten so specific about our queries, traffic's kind of dwindled. We're having a tough time scaling up from that. There's only going to be X amount of people searching for family offices per day on each channel or matching criteria to be in our audience. And I think that's why breaking out that budget away from one channel and taking an omni-channel approach through LinkedIn, Quora, Bing ads, and anything else that's relevant to the B2B SaaS space makes the most sense.
1: Talk to me about your remarketing strategy you're reaching out for people that are looking for family audiences. Do you track them around the web once you've engaged them? And what's the way that you're trying to nurture customers? Because I'm doubting that the sales funnel is a impulsive one. I'm guessing that it's a long turnaround time between lead to conversion.
2: Oh, yeah. Our sales cycle is insanely long. It could be anywhere from three, four to nine months sometimes. So our remarketing efforts on Google Ads are pretty limited right now. I'm not a huge fan of the GDN. So display ads right now, not great. It's something inherited from the agency before. I'm going to be testing a few things. Remarketing lists for search ads might be our next move on that space. But I think one of the big topics at HeroConf last week in Philadelphia was really Quora, and Quora is evolving very rapidly. They're quite the platform already, and they have the traffic, and we have some relevant traffic coming from there already. So it's just a matter of finding out what best way to target that traffic is. They have topic matching, so you can match to different topics or threads within topics, which is another great way of getting qualified traffic. We could do remarketing as well, which is also really, really powerful. And I think we're going to be exploring a lot of these. We're probably going to shy away from having significant audiences. I think the broader the net you cast on there, it gets a little murky. Our lead score probably dropped from that. So I'm thinking of at least on some level going pretty specific Like on Quora, anybody searching for what is a family office, probably not a good fit. But somebody on a thread that's, where can I find family offices in the US? We want that traffic.
1: Yeah. Last question for you. As you think about the last half a year that you've been working in the fintech space, and you're thinking about the marketing mix, what are your biggest takeaways in terms of successfully marketing in or to the finance industry?
2: One of the things I've learned is that there's definitely a pay-to-play approach, which I hadn't really seen in a lot of other verticals before. We have a press release service that we use right now to kind of get some press releases out. And anytime you want to have your press release in Yahoo Finance, for example, it's a significant fee. Most companies, larger companies, entities, they wouldn't blink at that. But as a startup with our limited budget, it's kind of eye-opening. So it's pretty interesting how different it is. It's very cutthroat, it's very competitive, but there isn't a ton of digital marketing talent at a lot of conferences that I've seen. So it seems like it's an interesting kind of mix where there's a lot of old school marketing that we talked about yesterday, people meeting over cocktails, shaking hands, exchanging business cards. And now there's a shift to the digital marketing age. Some of our competitors are becoming savvier, but a lot of the industry is behind for sure.
1: Well, Jeremy, as I mentioned, it's not an industry that I know a ton about. So I appreciate you walking us through not only your marketing strategy, but also the greater landscape and how you think of marketing in fintech.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and hopefully you can do this again soon.
1: All right. Thanks, Jeremy. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Jeremy Krantz, the Director of Marketing at Fintrix for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Jeremy, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You could send him a tweet at Jeremy Krantz, J-E-R-E-M-Y-K-R-A-N-T-Z, or you can visit his company's website, which is fintrix.com, F-I-N-T-R-X.com. A couple of links I want to tell you about that are in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, we've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the Martech podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We want to hear from you. So we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is Benj on LinkedIn and on Twitter, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. If you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we also have a once a week newsletter with links to our audio players, episode summaries, and the contact information for all of our guests. So to subscribe, go to Benj